Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, the Suns have the best record in the league, but are they better than last year's team that went to the finals? And with Anthony Davis out at least a month, how much pressure is on LeBron James to carry the Lakers? Plus, we'll look back at yesterday's conversation with Adam Silver and discuss the biggest takeaways. That's all coming up next on NBA Today. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. Richard Jefferson is going to be hosting from our Los Angeles studio. But before we get there, I do want to start by bringing in senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski because COVID is spreading around the world and around the NBA. Thanks so much for joining us, Woj. So we'll start with within the past hour, you reported that Mavs star Luka Doncic has entered the league's COVID protocols. He joins Giannis Antetokounmpo, Trey Young, James Harden, Kevin Durant as some of the stars that are currently out. So with Christmas Day looming, how are teams approaching their star statuses? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Well, listen, the, the games are on Saturday, and so teams are going to get on a plane Friday. The visiting teams like, uh, you know, Brooklyn, uh, Atlanta, you know, who are traveling uh, to go play on Christmas Day, you would like for your star player, if he's in, uh, that, that he's going to have to be cleared to travel. So that's one thing. You have a little advantage at home uh, if you have a player uh, in the safety protocols. But I think for like Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, James Harden, you know, they have not ruled out the possibility that they could have either or perhaps even both back. And they also know they may have uh, either of them. Uh, but, you know, James Harden, you look at the clock and when it started, one player's tested positive. And, you know, James Harden had a head start on Kevin Durant. Uh, so listen, there's some optimism that if there was going to be one net, it would be James Harden. But players have to test negative consecutively in, in a 24-hour hour period. Um, and so you know, listen, for teams, like these are irreplaceable players, and the league certainly knows that. And having that Christmas Day schedule with Giannis, with Luka Doncic, uh, listen, it's important for the league's health. But for these teams, these are teams who... Our champion want to be championship contenders. Some are title contenders. And listen, it's also risky to bring a player back who may clear protocols just in time for the game who hasn't been on the court, who hasn't practiced. So those are all the factors uh, you know, that teams will take into consideration as we get closer to Saturday. 
Absolutely. And yesterday, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, he told me that there are some contingency plans that they're starting to put in place for Christmas Day. But is there any more clarity on what those contingency plans consist of? Well, in a memo that the league shared with the 10 teams playing on Christmas Day, you know, one of the elements they talked about was, uh, you know, a, a preference that the, uh, the ABC games, the ABC time slots on Christmas Day, 2.30 Eastern, 5 Eastern, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, that if there are going to be games moved around, they would be moved into that slot. So if one of those games all of a sudden was decimated, uh, with COVID and star players were out, you know, they could move another game into that spot. I think one you can count on, you know, 5 p.m., the Suns and uh, Warriors. As long as Steph Curry is on the court, you can bet Golden State uh, would be in that time slot. And they also told teams, be prepared uh, that really up to the day of the game, um, those changes could be made really certainly Christmas Eve. Uh, but once they get to Christmas Day, even if there are postponements, uh, if a game couldn't be played, they would not jockey the times around once we hit Saturday morning. Absolutely. This is a situation that is fluid, that is ever-changing. Thank you so much, Woj. We will definitely continue to monitor this. Richard? Thanks, Malika. Welcome to our studios in Los Angeles. I'm Richard Jefferson, joined by Chenea Gumake and Ramona Shelburne. But let's get started with the biggest game from last night, the Suns at Lakers. Woo, LeBron James is hosting the Suns. It's going to be, what do, what do you think, Janae? What did you think? If you said you had the Suns in this game. I did, but we all knew that LeBron James was going to come out extremely aggressive without AD going up against the Suns, who a lot of people have said has now positioned themselves as the best team in the West, but he showed out. He, I mean, 19 points in the first half of 9 and 13 shooting. He was aggressive, but you know, you know it's going to be a story of two halves. Oh, it's going to be a story of two halves. LeBron James, look, I understand that this man can do it all, but there is a lot more game than just the first half. And in the third quarter, look, Devin Booker, I don't know how it's going to go in. I don't know what he's going to do. Like, what better defense can you play? His hands were on him. You you can. And the <laughs> ball and the ball's going to go in because that's what Devin Booker does. But this is the key play of the game, especially for Lakers fans. LeBron with a beautiful move, but you saw he twisted his ankle. And I think, you know, this is where we go into Hoopers, right? Like, yeah. Hoopers, yeah. are you going to sit out or are you not? Right there? I hate watching injuries, but this one, it's a tweak. Yeah, it's a tweak. It's a tweak. Not, there's a, tweak. Not there, like a there, There's a difference between a tweak and a roll. There, there, there's a difference between a tweak and a roll, and that was a tweak. But at the end of the day, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson knocks down the three. There was just too much of, you know, the Phoenix Suns doing the things that they have done all year, moving the ball, spacing the floor, running in transition. Johnson hits another three. The Suns defeat the Lakers 108-90. to now, the Suns have an NBA second-best record and made the finals last season, and they've kept this momentum going this season, winning 24 of their last 26 games. That's impressive. That is impressive. And they have the league's best record. Phoenix has improved on the defensive end also, going from sixth to second, and they're behind only the Golden State Warriors in that category. So, Chanae, are the defending Western Conference champs better than they were last season? I don't know if I wore this color for the Suns to bring a little bit of brightness, <laughs> but they are better. They actually are better this year, and it's exactly what producer Schwartz, who's a Phoenix Suns Stan fan, told us about defense. He's making some sound here in the studio. I love it. Uh, it's defense. That defensive energy and focus has been important, and I love how a number of their players have improved when it comes to defensively. We know Chris Paul, he, he wants all the smoke in every matchup. Mm -hmm. Mikhail Bridges, what he did to Steph, sort of set the tone for, all right, he's here to stay. 
and could maybe even be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation, like top five or so. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, I think a goal for him is to be a Defensive Player of the Year. He's come out that competitive this year. And of course, you just have to think overall as a, as a squad, they're hungry. You mentioned it. Finals appearance last year, they wanted to prove everyone that this is not a fluke. You saw last night a game of a team that is complete and trending in the right direction versus a team that has one superstar, LeBron James, without a lot of their key players trying to figure out some answers. The answers are on Phoenix's side right now. So what has been the theme of the last year or two? Inconsistency. We have players in and out of the lineup. We have injuries. We don't hear about this with the Suns. No. And even when they do have players in and out of the lineup with injuries, they don't talk about it. They don't dwell on it. I mean, they could have. this could have been the story of Chris Paul's shoulder injury last year or when he missed the Western Conference by some of the Western Conference Finals when he got COVID. But they didn't dwell on it. They didn't get rolled. Like Devin Booker missed a bunch of games with that hamstring injury. It barely caused a blip for them. And I think the fact that the Suns have been able to maintain this level of consistency to where when they do have a key injury or they do have somebody out, yep. even a star, it doesn't phase them. That is the hallmark of a team that has... Everybody knows their roles, and that is a system that can self-sustain even when you lose some of your best players for a certain length of time. And speaking specifically of the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker, him being out but then coming yep. back in, They've challenged Devin Booker to be a two-way player. Yep. He's improved his defense tremendously. And I think that's the sign of a team that has championship aspirations. So if you look at the case study of Devin Booker playing both ways, DeAndre Ayton, rim protector. I mean, the, the loss of Anthony Davis, yep. look at what Ayton did. 19-11, and 11, super impressive. This is a complete team. And I've noticed this year, especially with the rules and the fouls and, you know, how things have been shifting, defensive teams have the benefit well, this well, year. And, well, and, and then you also want to add the fact that look at development. JaVel McGee yep. has been a huge pickup for this Phoenix Suns team. Yep. It's been so impressive because now even when DeAndre Ayton misses time or if DeAndre Ayton's in foul trouble, you bring in another big that can protect the rim, that is a great finisher. He's won, he's won an Olympics. He's got three championships. Oh. So you bring in a very good veteran that fits in his role, that understands his role, and I think that that is impressive. Now, look, on the other side of the game, oh. here's what LeBron James had to say after the loss. Take a listen. I only played 34 minutes, so um, obviously, you know, Defensive things change when I'm playing at the five. Um, you know, battle versus a lot of the bigs, but that's fine. It made no difference to me. You know, when I'm, if I'm on the floor, I got to make plays offensively and defensively. Obviously, we don't know where we are as far as the lineups and, and guys in and out. We don't know because of the protocol. So great to get THC back tonight. Um, obviously, he'd been out for a while, so his rhythm was was off. Um, you can see in the game, but it's great to get another body back. Um, so as the bodies continue to come back, hopefully we can get his you know, close to the hole as, as possible, you know, in the near future. All right, now to LeBron's point, the Lakers have now used 17 different starting lineups this season, passing the 76ers for the most in the NBA last night. Now, no Lakers starting lineup has played more than four games together this season. So, Jeanette, how much pressure is on LeBron with AD out at least a month? There's a lot of pressure on LeBron James, but... It's just a different world that he's operating in. Uh, this is his eighth 30-point-plus game in the last 12 games. A couple years ago, we'd be like, if he's scoring 30, it's an automatic win for LeBron. Yeah. Right? The league has changed where he scores 30 and people can actually still compete against them. And I think that's a testament to all the other teams yeah. getting their, uh, you know, can I say ish? Getting their ish together say ish. and competing. And so there's a lot of pressure on LeBron James. This is a high-risk, high-reward, high-age. Los Angeles Lakers squad at the end of the day it's almost like Tom Brady you can never count him out but right now it's really difficult 
the load he's carried throughout the years has usually, usually amounted in, all right, he can still do it on his own. The league now is you cannot do it on your own. That's why you need Russell Westbrook to show up, which he did, but then there were still turnovers. The league is way more complete than one or two players, star players, and that's what LeBron James will have to navigate. So we've all seen the, di- the different versions of LeBron, right? There is passive-aggressive LeBron. There's <laughs> subtweeting LeBron. Okay, there's I've seen them very all. frustrating. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and he, great content, right? We always have something to talk about. This is the best version of LeBron where he can say a lot of things right now. He could be very frustrated right now, but he's out there saying, I'm fine. We, our team is fine. We don't even know what our team is. I can do some pretty easy math for you. 17 different starting lineups, they play 32 games. That, that's a different starting lineup more than half the time. Yeah. Okay? This is, this is a different kind of year for the Lakers, and, and I think LeBron recognizes that. If he wanted to exert frustration, pressure, Turn up, turn up the tension on this team. He would do it. Oh, he would just send a subtweet out there right now. He knows yeah. how to do that. Now, oh. and, he's in, and not only did he say, I'm fine, I played 34 minutes. In these 14 games that he's been back since he came back from, that, from all his ailments, okay, the, the stomach, and then he was out for, uh, with, with a health and safety protocols yeah. for one game, he's, he's averaging 37 minutes a game. That's, that's fine. But, 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 that's a lot, but it's fine for him, and I, he can handle that. I agree. LeBron James has been sensational, but my question to you then is, like, is that enough, you know, for the Lakers as currently yeah. constructed? Because a lot of times we look like star players should be able to get you yeah. wins. It's not the case anymore. No. Where, yeah. and, and the reason they chose to go and trade for Russell Westbrook, okay, over the Buddy Heel package, over other opportunities that they had, is they knew, the Lakers knew, LeBron James Anthony Davis have missed a lot of games the last two years. Yeah. Right? They're older, they're injury prone, there are things happening in the league, and and on the nights when one or both of a LeBron or AD is not able to play, they wanted another star. That would be Russell Westbrook. There have been signs that he is getting better in the roles that they have prescribed for him. But the last two games, 13 turnovers. 13 oh, oh, turnovers in two games. But, That's not going to work. But Ramona, okay, so then if we know LeBron James is probably maxing out what he can do yeah. for his age. And look, he's averaging 30, so we can't even reference <laughs> age at this point in time. But where can the Lakers find some help? Because it's not like LeBron yeah. 30, AD's not coming. Coming back, I, I know guys have been in and out of the lineups, but where can the Lakers find help on their find roster? A, they need to find some consistency at point guard and more of a true point guard. Um, Russell Westbrook is, can play point guard, obviously, but in some ways they would be better off with somebody who can be more of a, instead of a scoring point guard, to take some of that playmaking off of LeBron. Because when AD is not there, LeBron has to play the five. He has to play a, in the big role there, and that's a lot for him. Yeah, now, so, Chene. If you're looking at this roster right now as constructed, do you think the Lakers, they don't even have a lot of flexibility. Is this a team that makes a move? Or even if they make a move, they'd probably be stuck somewhere right in the 4 or 5 spot. I wouldn't make a move right now. Right now the league yep. is it's a very difficult position for teams. Everyone's getting call-ups based on the current health circumstances. I think you hold tight. Yeah. Get everyone healthy and see what happens in the future. Yeah, and also, you have Taylor Horton Tucker coming out of the protocols. Yeah. One for 13 last night. That's, I mean, that's we saw terrible. Shaq try to say he could do better, but obviously he could not last <laughs> night. <laughs> it was great TV last night. Um, but Taylor Horton Tucker can play some point guard when he is given that role. And I think with AD out, he's Taylor Horton Tucker It really is, to me, the key for them. If you can't go find a point guard, maybe you have one on your, on your roster right now. Yeah, and don't forget Kendrick Nunn, a big free yep. agent signing, has not been available. But... Coming up on NBA Today, it's the best of the best. It's the top of the top from Tuesday with the bonus play as well. And who is a bigger threat in the East? Is it Brooklyn? Is it Milwaukee? Does Kyrie's pending return change your answer? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Plus, we'll take a look at some more of Draymond Green's film session with Doris Burke. That's later on NBA Today.
live from Los Angeles. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back, and you know what time it is. It's time for Top of the Top from last night's action. And we're going to start with lobs. We start in New York with Kimball Walker dancing baby. on the Pistons. Ooh, crossover. Oh, that's his he's signature. He's good. And then okay. throws the dime to the big fella. I feel like this is good. And Kimball, I'm glad he's balling, y'all. I know it was a difficult past couple weeks, but that's why we love him. Pass, pass. Look at that. That's mm. what, this is the Kimba that everybody hopes that they can mm. get a little bit more out of New York. Don't yes. forget this man was just out of the rotation. And, and in Miami, Kyle Lowry finds the Rook. Ooh. Get up, Rook. Okay, pick and roll. Dirt 7, I'll tell you what. You keep making a name for yourself like that, and I will say it properly every single time. But I'm still working. I'm still working through all of that stuff. So I, I like the finish. I like okay. the little drop dime by, by my guy Kyle Lowry. Okay. So that, that's fine. Look, Miami, hey, Victor. They, they're loving it up there. And top jelly. Let's okay. stay in Miami because O'Shea Brissett had some jelly. Hit him with the jelly. Oh, jelly's always nice on the reverse. Oh, you know what I'm saying? God, the backside jelly. Okay, look at this. First it was like the hezzy. Come on. Hezzy jab and then the jelly. See, this is see see those jelly, like when Kyrie's been out, we haven't seen nearly as much jelly true. as we see. Very so, true. so look, the, the, the jelly people are gonna get excited Very when, true. When, when that guard comes back. Very so, true. What's his name? Kyrie? Yeah, he's pretty Kyrie. good. Yeah. Top slabs, we start in Dallas, where last night Nas Reed climbed Boban for the dunk. Okay, but is that fair? Because Boban doesn't really jump. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, it's Boban. <laughs> Look, Boban, like, look, there was Boban like, didn't it was, jump. All he had to do was get past Boban an arm. Boban didn't jump, and Anthony Davis couldn't get the ball. All he had to do was get past an arm. They get past that. That's Boban, man. I'm okay. sorry. Okay, so if you don't like that, back to Miami. We're Cheney, your Nigerian brother. KZ Akpala, stand up. Catches a body. Yeah, no, I love this. I mean, I, I don't want to be stereotypical, but we are athletic. Yeah, you, you're Nigerians. Yeah, yeah so you're, you're, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. That, but yeah, that, I'll tell okay? you what. Is this Stanford? Is this Stanford stand up? Stanford, all day we got Ramona here. Yeah. Oh, God, all the Stanford bear down. Listen, and Better last but not least, we had a short show yesterday, so we missed this dime from Ja. A half court, over the head, on point, Ooh. bounce pass to Jaron Jackson. I love Come those. on now. See, this is when guards really show their passing skills. And by the way, y'all leave Ja Morant alone. Yeah, we, no, okay, like, now, Ja, let me, talk, let me talk to you, Ja, real quick. Don't we're, we're pay attention to the one-two fans. Thank Don't you. Pay attention Come back to, to the social. One, two we fans. love you. It's like the comment section. Everybody's in. Imagine the what his comment. Oh, my comment like. section is terrible. But everybody's in the comment section. You focus on one thing. Those Memphis Grizzly fans love you. Don't they do. let that focus. But let's take a look at today's crunch time moment. Brought to you by Ruffles. Tyler Hero dropped 26 points off the bench for the Heat in the win over the Pacers. Cheney, he's got to be sixth man of the year, right? He's got to be. At this point, yes. You know, I think it's really impressive what he's done. He set the expectations high preseason, and he's delivered so far. He's a bucket. Now, look, I'm just saying, this man, he is that dude. But coming up on NBA Today, the Cavs have won six straight games. Can they maintain their early season success? Brian Windhorst joins the show to discuss. And who is the better team in Los Angeles right now? The Lakers or the Clippers? We'll play a game called Pick'em. Plus, Gosh. Draymond Green dishes on Steph Curry's defensive impact and his expectations for Clay's return. NBA Today will be right back. Watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Malika Anders. We'll go back to our Los Angeles studios in just a moment. But first, I want to bring in our senior NBA reporter, Brian Windhorst. Hey, Brian. So I want to start with Team USA because they announced officially this week that Steve Kerr is their new head coach. And you're uniquely positioned to cover this because you covered Team USA last summer. So what are the main challenges here that are facing Steve Kerr in this new role? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Well, I wish I could tell you that it was all about X's and O's and developing scouting reports for the Serbian national team and things of this nature. But in today's day and age, the number one job of the national team coach is recruiting. He's got to recruit players to play for him. And this is not like 2005 when there was a loss in in Athens and there was a bunch of uh, players who were willing to sign up and commit for two or three summers in a row. It is now a patchwork uh, year over year. And so Steve Kerr's one of his biggest jobs here is to maintain positive relationships with the star players, uh, find ways to sell them on what the USA uh, Team USA experience is going to be, and get them to show up. I'm telling you, if Kevin Durant didn't come to Tokyo, the Americans would not have won the gold medals. A lot of guys that contributed, Durant made it all possible, and that's even with a Hall of Fame coach and Greg Popovich running the show last time. Absolutely. And we see him making things possible when he was playing and not in health and safety protocols in Brooklyn. I want to shift gears a little bit here, Brian, because last week you put out a story about how players in the league are adjusting to the new ways in which referees are calling fouls. So how has players or how have they worked with the league to sort of come to a little bit of an understanding there? Well, this all surrounds James Harden. Obviously, all players or many players were impacted by the new rules this year, but really it affected James Harden more than anything. And Harden has been really the the poster child for the situation. Early in the season, Malika, he was just beside himself, incensed at the way the, the officials were not blowing the whistle. Not only on his little dark arts trickerations that he had perfected over the years that the NBA outlawed, but, but things that he thought were really fouls. So a couple of weeks into the season, He and the Nets put together a package of plays, presented them to the league office and said, how are these not fouls? And the league office looked at them and said, James, you have a point. And afterwards, they made some changes to their their policies. James has been getting more fouls. He's got the exact same number of free throws per game this year as he did last year. And believe it or not, when I asked James about it, he said, the referees are doing a good job. So at least for right now, on the new rules, James Harden and a lot of the rest of the league players like Trey Young and Devin Booker are in a better place than they were at the start of the season. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to watch that continue to unfold. And Adrian Wojnarowski told us at the top of the show that it's still an outside possibility that James Harden, we could perhaps see him on Christmas Day. But, Brian, I cannot let you go, our Ohio native, without asking you about the Cleveland Cavaliers because they've won six straight. They're looking to make it seven against Boston. What has been the key to their success in this stretch? 
Yeah, how about this? How about a streak they're going for tonight? They have covered 14 consecutive times. They are one away from the all-time record, which the 14-15 Atlanta Hawks own. If they cover tonight, the Celtics are giving them five and a half. They're missing seven players, Malika. I don't know if this winning streak is going to end tonight, but I will say this. During this win streak, they are averaging margin of victory is 20 points a game. They have gone from the number 25 defense in the league last year to the number three defense this year on the back of their draft, draft pick, Evan Mo and terrific interior play from Jared Allen. Two guys who are unfortunately in protocols right now. But when you look at the computer, the ESPN computer, they say that they've got the second best chance to win the Eastern Conference. And the reason is, is because when the computer looks at it, they see that they've played the hardest schedule so far and have the easiest schedule left. They see that they've played um, great defense and that they've got the number four net rating in the league. When the computer looks at the Cavs, certainly not the betters because th th they've set the lines way too low the entire year. The computer looks at the, looks at the Cavs and they see a team like the Suns, a team like the Warriors. Are they actually going to follow through with that? I don't know. But start paying attention to the Cavs because if you're not, you're missing great opportunities, whether you're placing a bet on them or otherwise. Absolutely. Well, if the computer says it, then maybe we should be listening a little bit because they've been certainly have been fun to watch. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us. I really appreciate it. But hey, Richard, I hear you're starting to play a new game in the studio without me. Yes, yes. And well, basically, these games are going to be a little bit more fun uh, because, you know, she always, you know, cuts down. Someone on my has fun. approved this, yeah, right? No, it's going to be better when you come up with these. Look, look, everyone <laughs> just calm down. We're going to introduce a new segment here on NBA Today called Pick'em. It's pretty right. simple. I give you two options, and you pick one. Oh, wait. Shanae, is this for me because I pick hate picking? One. No, listen, Shanae <laughs> is the reason why this game gets started. So let's, that hedge over there? Zach. Yeah, let's get started with the Cavs since <laughs> Brian mentioned them. Cleveland has been the surprise and sits at number three spot in the Eastern Conference. In the West, the Grizzlies have been the surprise as well, sitting in the number four spot. So, Shanae, which team has more of a sustainable surprise left in them? Is it the Cavs or the Grizzlies? I think it's a perfect segue from Wendy, what he was saying about the Cavs. It's largely the computer, but Richard, you know we always go by the eye test as hoopers, okay? okay. And the Grizzlies have the eye test. Without John Morant now re-acclimating him, you know, their star, I think they've done an impressive job. They've upped their defense. They're playing true team basketball, and I think that is the essence of great teams right now. Actually not relying only on their stars. So I think the Grizz they are probably more sustainable maybe for like playoff runs for the future I think the Cavs this is the first year that they're like showing an identity but the Grizz right now I rely on them more for wins like in big matchups I'm going to say the Grizz as well, but I think both these teams make the playoffs, and I think they both have a... So that's that's my hedge. I get to hedge a little Wait, bit. Wait, hold on. But that, I did say the Grizz. A, oh, well, we, I guess we both said Grizz, huh? Yeah, y'all both said Grizz. Said Grizz. Hold on. You know what? I would hold like to Cleveland. say a word. Well, I got you in a second. So, so John Morant comes back, mm -hmm. and then, you know, they went 10-2 without him, and then they lose the two. Uh, with, uh, you know, they, and there's Memphis fans out there saying, sit back down. Those are... Those. You don't get to come to games anymore. Yeah, I would kick that those fans That is terrible. Like, again, Memphis... Like, guys become free agents. That's not the Don't thing that happens. Don't Moran. say that to John Moran. But look, really quickly, I'm going to say the Cavs. And the reason why I say the Cavs is I truly believe that they have the best rookie this uh, this year. And when you look at even their veterans, when you look at Ricky Rubio, yeah. Kevin Love yep. has been playing outstanding. Yep. Uh, Jared Allen has been playing like an all-star. Darius Garland has been playing like an all-star. We talk about great teams and everybody doing it as a team. None of these guys, you've s somewhat been like high-level basketball players. But at the end of the day, Jay 
J.B. Bickerstaff is doing an outstanding job. But let's get to the L.A. basketball teams who are separated by just half the game in the standings. So, Ramona, who is the better team in L.A. right now? Oh, I the like Lakers this for you, Clippers? Pressure. Right now, it is the Clippers. Okay. Right now, the Clippers are a better team. The Lakers, like, what are the Lakers even? Okay. And I think the Clippers have a system. They play the way Ty Lue wants them to play. I think he's been done a great job with a team that, I mean, I don't know how they score when Paul George doesn't play. I don't know how they score. Like I don't know how they win when Paul George doesn't play. Reggie Jackson sometimes, but they, they they pull wins out and and they don't have a lot of offense right now. But they are a good team. They play good team basketball. So I'm gonna say the Clippers right now. My mind tells me the Clippers, y'all. But my heart tells me the Lakers. And I don't know why. I watch these games. The question was right now. Answer the question. Oh, well, right now it's the Clippers. Right now it's the Clippers. But I still do think that they're one of those teams where it's so, so 50-50. We might get the Lakers that are, uh, like we saw last night. Or we might get the Lakers supercharged where Russ goes for 20 and 20 almost, you know. And you think about LeBron James. He can put up a big You're not picking one. No, I said the Lakers. As soon as you put the butt in there. Look, I think right now the team that is playing better basketball is the Clippers. If anybody out there, if we're going to talk about a hedge, the Lakers yes. have a higher ceiling because I just don't feel like Kawhi Leonard's coming back. So at the end of the day, if I had to pick one team That's my point. for the end, it would most likely be the Lakers. But we're not going to do that. And lastly, we're going to go back to the Eastern Conference, Janae. Who, who is more dangerous, the defending champion Bucks or the Nets with Kyrie Irving coming back soon? The most dangerous team in the NBA, not even just in the East, the Brooklyn Nets, hand down. Like, they're right now number one in the East. Mm-hmm. And they, they they can get Kyrie Irving back. Okay. Now, for what portions of the season, how long will this last, not sure. But when it comes to preparing for games when they matter most, you have the NBA's leading scorer in Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, who we just heard from Wendy's, figuring things out. That's a very dangerous team that you can't always strategize for. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be available? I don't know. But we know that KD can do what he did before and go for 50 to put the team on his back when no one else is playing with him. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's a very dangerous team because they are unexpected. Things can go really well. It can go really bad. But that's the harder thing to predict. It's the Nets. They're more dangerous in that. We haven't even seen the best version of James Harden. We haven't seen Kyrie Irving at all. We've seen Kevin Durant, and it's, it's a really good version of him. But I still think he has another gear to get to. So it's the Nets. Gosh, it's going to be tough for me to go, but I'm not going to disrespect the defending champions, and this is why I'm not going to disrespect them. I I love what their team has been doing. Yep. Unless they had some stuff early on in the season, some injuries, some COVID protocol, but when their big three plays together and finishes a game, their numbers are ridiculous. They are the best team by the numbers when their big three plays. Now Brooklyn, adding Patty Mills is huge. Obviously Kyrie coming back, but look, if you go into a seven-game series against the Bucks and yeah. you only get Kyrie for four of the seven games, you to can me, see, you can see it. Really. You, you can see it. So I'm not going to disrespect the champs, but I, I you know, now I you think the Bucks. The Bucks now are. You no, no, I'm not hedging. I'm just saying the Bucks. The Bucks are the best team because they are the champions. But, but I think the Brooklyn team is very dangerous. Oh, but there's a head. That's a head. That's a head. Okay, look. Well, this head. is why we need Malika here for this. Anyways, <laughs> coming up, we're talking about Malika Andrews. She spoke to the commissioner Adam Silver yesterday. We'll go over her biggest takeaways from that interview next on NBA Today. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. No plans right now to pause the season. We've, of course, looked at all the options. But frankly, um, we're having trouble coming up with what the logic would be 
behind pausing right now as we look through these cases. I think we're finding ourselves where we sort of knew we were going to get to for the past several months, and that is that this virus will not be eradicated, and we're going to have to learn to live with it. In our league right now, we're out, you know, we're around 97% vaccinated, but we're up to about 65% of our players have been boosted, and we're in active discussions with the Player Association to look for ways to get that number even higher. I know that looking around the country, it's just now coming out that the majority of cases in the United States, because I, I do want to stress this isn't just the league. The league is a microcosm of what's going on in the world. But we're seeing that Omicron is the dominant variant. Is that the same in the NBA right now? Yes, and it's beyond dominant in the league right now. We're up probably around 90% of the cases right now that we're sequencing are Omicron. This virus, unfortunately, isn't going anywhere, and it's just going to become part of our lives for the foreseeable future. Welcome back. I'm here with Malika Andrews, who interviewed Adam Silver yesterday, as you saw in that recap. Now, Malika, what was your biggest takeaway from that conversation? Well, there were three, I think, Richard. And let's start with some of the things we just heard Adam Silver say. First and foremost, there are no plans to pause or cancel the season as of where we stand now. He said that the doctors around the NBA, the experts, they sort of expected this uptick in cases that they were going to see, not necessarily the Omicron variant specifically, which he said make up around 90% of the cases in the NBA right now, but that they were going to see this new wave of variants. The other interesting thing, Richard, that stood out to me was Adam Silver noting that, yes, 97% of players in the NBA are vaccinated. Some of those are Johnson & Johnson, the one shot, remember, some are Pfizer, some are Moderna. But rather than focusing on the 3% that aren't vaccinated, Adam Silver said he's very focused on getting that 65% up closer that are boosted, up closer to the 97% that have had at least that first initial dose of either a two-shot or one-shot vaccine. So those are the main things that stood out to me, along with the fact that Adam Silver said that right now, they're not at the point of actively, knowingly letting players who are asymptomatic and vaccinated play, but he didn't rule out getting to that point in the future, Richard. Well, it was an amazing interview, and thank you for the update, Malika. So now we are going to transition to go coast to coast, starting with Damian Lillard scoring at least 30 points for the third straight game in a loss to the Pelicans. Now, Dame is averaging 38 points per game over this stretch, shooting about 50% from three. Now, today, how happy are you to see Dame Lillard starting to get going a little bit? I'm happy to see Dame going because we he's averaging 24, 24 points per game this year. And so it's really interesting to see a lot of people say, like, oh, slow start. Like, what this guy has put in his time in the league. And more importantly, I want to see them get wins. You want to see him get some I wins? I want to get the wins. That's like the only way you can feel good about him staying as a Portland Trophy. I, I'm going to be really honest. I saw them play last night, and their defense was atrocious. Now, oh. Evan Fournier <laughs> led the Knicks with 22 points and a win over the Pistons. I like this. He is now averaging 25 a game over his last three. Today, how badly do the Knicks need this free agent signing to pan out? Oh, 100%. Like, ever since we saw the Olympic international buckets from Evan Fournier, I was like, oh, yes, let's carry this over to the league. Yeah. And I'm number 13. He's number 13 as well. But, yeah, he has to be their sharpshooter, and I'm glad to see that the Knicks, my goodness, got to win. The pressure is on. All right, and the Babs and the Mavs beat the Timberwolves without Luka, Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Thanks to 28 points from Jalen Brunson. Now, Mavs replacement player Theo Pinson shared an interesting story about how he found out he was being signed. Literally an hour before we're going to the airport, uh, my agent texted me 
I was playing Madden, but so, so I'm like not paying attention to my phone. And I look at my phone, he texts me like, yo, don't go nowhere. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he told me I was coming to Dallas, and then uh, the rest is history. They were calling stuff, I have no idea what it was. I'm just leaving my teammates. They trusted me, and I mean, that's a testament to those guys and the coaching staff. And they told me just go out there and let it rip. Go play basketball. They, they knew what I could do, so I'm glad they gave me the opportunity. I'm glad I'm here. Now, Theo Pinson was on the Brooklyn Nets when they helped turn around their team a little bit a few years ago. So this man does know how to play. But, Janae, we are seeing a ton of replacement players across the league. What is the best solution to the COVID crisis the league is facing right now? Right now, the replacement players and mm -hmm. being, you know, a little bit more flexible, not letting all these contingencies, like you said, the luxury tax and yeah. other things go around, like removing those, adding more flexibility. But what I do like in the holiday spirit, Richard, is that guys are getting chances at the league again. I mean, mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas, uh, Lance Stevenson, Joe Johnson. I saw a video of Michael Beasley, I think, hooping in jeans. And so, like, for the hoop, <laughs> for the hoopers, if you saw that video, I was like, is he going to get jeans. another run? You know what I mean? And he was hooping in That's jeans. like swimming in jeans. No, no, no. They were, like, destroying jeans. They were, like, the jeggings type. But my point is, is that if you're real hoop heads, like we all are here on NBA Today, you're getting excited about seeing guys get another chance in the league. Yeah, and, and look, this is, I know I'm wild. this is the only way to maintain this. You know that there's going to be a ton of players in and out and you just don't know if you're going to have we don't even know if we're going to have star players on Christmas or or who's going to be in and out of the lineup but ultimately giving guys opportunity I think that's what I would rather focus yes. on than calling them replacement players. Theo Pinson is a replacement player but he's been in the league for multiple years. Isaiah Thomas all NBA guy Correct. getting a call up so we can call them replacement players but these guys are high level players. Coming up is Draymond Green your defensive player of the year? We've been arguing a bunch over this. We'll discuss on NBA Today. Luxury tax. Luxury tax. tax. Yeah, I, yeah, I struggled with that one yesterday. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Now look, Draymond Green is known for his great defensive mind, and he recently sat down with our Doris Burke to break down video, which you've seen on this show. This is the best content that you didn't see from that sit down, with Draymond explaining why Steph Curry is a better defender than you think, and what he expects from Klay Thompson. When he returns, take a look. Steph's a winner, and he wants to win. Curry for the record, it's good! There it is! Stephen Curry! And he understands the importance of having a great defense if you're going to win. On the flip side of that, for all these years, you've had teams pick on him. Again, Steph's a competitor. And so you're not just going to keep singling him out, and he's just going to take that. I think the difference is he's so grounded in his body with his strength. He moves better laterally, uh, much better than he used to move laterally. And he is strong. And I, when I say strong, 
I mean strong. Like if you go in our weight room and we're doing dumbbell bench press, steps in the 100 club. Not many people get to the 100 club. His legs, super strong. That change happened last year. From the time he walks in this facility, the first place he goes, to the locker room, get dressed, and into the weight room. Greatness comes to the price. It does. And he has put the effort into that. And I think as much as it's shown in the offensive end where he's finishing, he's knocking guys off their feet, bigger guys off their feet, as much as it's shown there, I think it's shown even more in his defense. And I think that is the most beautiful thing to watch a guy actually put the work in and the improvements that he's made on the defense side. Well, as I said before, he is one of our best defenders. Mike Brown has this like this sheet um, where he like grades us defensively and like who makes the biggest jump. Over the last month, Steph is the highest person. He's like a 96. The Warriors are NBA champions again. What I will say is you know what championship teams look like, what they feel like, what their locker rooms are like. Is this a team that you can envision in that way? I think for this team, we trust each other, we believe in each other. I think our defense is what we're trying to build this whole thing around. I think we're doing a great job of that. Uh, offensively, I think we have a ton of weapons on the offensive end, including Steph Curry, who's probably, as I've said before, one, probably the most dangerous weapon you can have in the NBA today. But Klay Thompson's coming back. A long three for Thompson. He is putting on three-point shot exhibition. If he's a shell of himself, which I'm going into this expecting him to be a, a, a small shell of himself. It's totally unfair to him to think, man, I got the same Klay Thompson coming back that was with me in 2019. That's unfair to him and his process. But even as that tiny shell of himself, you help off if you want to. Yeah, good luck with that. You help off if you want to. And this floor spacing that he's going to bring to the floor. And most importantly, Klay's a winner. He hates to lose. His competitive nature that he will bring to the floor for us, along with his floor spacing. And don't let him be a big shell of himself. If he's just a tiny shell of himself, I like where that puts us as a team. But if he's more of Klay Thompson than I'm even imagining, I absolutely love where that put us as a team. And I think we do have a chance, to, a legitimate chance to compete for a championship. Now, the Warriors have been near the top of the league in defensive efficiency since Draymond became a starter in 2015. But, Janae, is Draymond your defensive player of the year right now? I know I've given love to Rudy Gobert over the course of the show, but, yes, Draymond Green absolutely is my defensive player of the year. The Warriors are first in defensive efficiency, defensive rating, whatever defensive category you love to <laughs> summarize defense. This team does not necessarily have a rim protector. This team has a lot of perimeter guys that in the NBA right now, they're 3 and D that are usually like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, they don't have like too many of those, you know, like what we think of with the wing of Philly. This team has done it by committee. And who's the head of that? That's Draymond Green. And I've known Draymond since his days at Michigan State. We both played on Team USA, World University games together. He's always been this guy, mm -hmm. committed to the team. I know his numbers don't jump out and say, like, oh, why does this guy get an all-star, you know, when he ba doesn't, barely gets, you know, 10 points a game. Or X. The category, that goes out the window with Draymond Green. 
we, when you watch the game, you see his value, how he holds everyone accountable, how he never quits on plays, how he pushes the tempo, how he contests shots, even though he's 6'5". I mean, when I'm in heels, I'm probably as tall as Draymond. He knows it. No, he's taller. <laughs> no, yeah. So, yeah, Draymond Green, what, I love that he's an example of stats in this category don't necessarily matter when it comes to awards. It's what you bring to the team and the mindset. Well, they have some good stats, okay? Look. In, in the Warriors' defensive efficiency, in 12 of, the, of their first 30 games, their defensive efficiency has been under 100 points. You know, last year, they only had 11 of those games in 72 games. Wow. Like, that's how good their defense has been, and he's the captain of the defense. But I think he wins it this year because who usually wins Defensive Player of the Year? Centers. Two centers, rim-protecting centers, mm -hmm. or perimeter players like a Kawhi Leonard when he was a claw, okay? Yeah. He's still the claw, but he's, he's out right now. Uh, Draymond is a new paradigm. Draymond is a guy who can legitimately guard positions one through five. He can guard anybody on the court, and that is the new NBA. Positioning this basketball, he is the, the, the face of that. Of, when you say he's a Draymond, Draymond Green type, Draymond created that role. There weren't, there weren't like guys who can guard one to five before Draymond came in. No, and that's why the, the Golden State Warriors and everything that they've been doing has been so new. It wasn't yep. just Steph Curry changing the game. Draymond yeah. Green helped that change yeah. because he could amount, uh, have a guy be a five. You saw him guarding Joel Embiid and guarding point guards. But I think he's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. Coming up. Which Christmas Day games are you most excited All for? All of them. We're watching NBA Today. Turn Stick it on with and us, it on. And we're going to yes. talk about it when we get back. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tonight, we'll have a college basketball matchup on ESPN at 6 Eastern. Western Kentucky takes on Kentucky. And on ESPN 2, Duke opens up wow. ACC play against Virginia Tech. Both games are also available on the ESPN app. Now, the annual NBA on Christmas Day tradition continues. We have two games on ESPN, Hawks, Knicks, and Mavs Jazz, and three games on ABC, including Celtics versus the Bucks, Warriors versus the Suns, and the Nets at Lakers. Now, we don't know exactly who's going to be out, but Ramona, what games are you most excited about on Christmas? So I'm going to live in a world where Trey Young is able to test out of the protocols. Okay. So I think he's I think he's a little asymptomatic from what I understand, and hopefully he can just test negative twice. Trey Young, Ice Trey in the garden? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a good Get one. Get up early. That's a good one. Okay, I, you, were, you were cute with that. That was like the Grey's Anatomy notice of like, we're imagining this That's being right. in a non-pandemic world. My pick, Warriors Suns. I need Whoa. the re-rematch. It's evened up. Um, that was a lot of hype <laughs> earlier on in the year. The Suns are largely available. We need Steph Curry and Draymond pretty much. That's it, right? And then, yeah, yeah so I like that one. The game that I am most excited about is the game that I will be working. And let me mm -hmm. tell you why I'm most excited about this Dallas versus Utah game. It's because I am bringing my little boys to this game. <laughs> little Rich and Phoenix will be at the game. That also means that I don't have to give them Christmas presents. This you know why? Oh, wow. Why I don't have That's to give them right. Christmas presents? Because we're going to Utah. You're traveling. I'm no, not packing wow, all you're that one of those. stuff. You're going to get to be on the A court. Great you're going to get to be on the court for Christmas. Little Rich and you know what I would have given for that? You. Do you know what I would have given Auntie to be Nick? on a court Christmas wow. day? You're one of those. I used to have to watch all these other guys. Wait, no, 